Wumanza on cliffcentral.com. Yep, it's five minutes past 12. I'm Pumima Shekho and you're tuned in to Wumanza. So today my excitement is actually brimming over. I can't stop myself. As you know, favorite month of the year, it's September and it's Heritage Month and it is spring. And Heritage Month for me is always about celebrating the various types of heritage that we have in this country. And as we do Every week here on Womandla, we're talking about the awesomeness of women. We're talking about the awesome power of women. And my guest today, I'm going to introduce her anyway. She's running a little bit late, but she's going to be here shortly. My guest today was an official and unofficial cultural ambassador of this country since 1965 when she left this country she was part of a a singing ensemble king con in theater history in the south african theater history king con is like the seminal work of art every kind of artist that you can think of that was big in the 70s that was big in the 80s comes out of that show miriam makeba they, the list goes on and on. They left the country, 1965. They went on tour. And while they were away on tour, the old regime, the apartheid government used to do this. They'd just like recall your passport and then you can't go home. You went, you were, one day you were singing, you were awesome, you were out on a stage, you try and come home. Um, sorry, your passport, you don't actually have a passport. You no longer can go home. You never even got to say goodbye. And she left the country with her husband. And they are also, I think, the love story of South Africa's musical heritage. Mama Letambulu had many accolades. She's been on many, many stages all over the world. And the thing that, for me, always when I think about Letambulu and how awesome she is and how big she is, and even when... Um, she first came back to South Africa and one of her very first uh, songs that she sang was Not Yet Uhuru at a time when like in the 90s when we were like, freedom is coming tomorrow. And as the, the commentator, as the cultural commentator that she has always been, looked around the country and said, hey, actually we are far away from the goal that we want, the freedom that we are looking for. We are not yet at that freedom. And I think in many ways that song is a little bit prophetic. Um, and has worked with artists from around the world, has worked with Quincy Jones, my favorite and a very um, lesser known fact to a lot of of us young South Africans is her connection to this amazing piece of music. <laughs> If you're listening and you're thinking, but I know that song, it's Michael Jackson. Yeah, that's Michael Jackson. But that sultry voice, that awesome Swahili chant is Miss Letambulu. And um, the producer of the song, Quincy Jones, as you may know, what he was quoted as saying about um, her voice and about who is, is that, quote, Mulu is the roots lady projecting a sophistication and warmth which stirs hope for attaining pure love beauty and unity in the world and that is the voice of Mama Letambulu. She's worked with Quincy Jones and she's been on lots of other TV um, and films. She's been on Roots, the TV show, uh, The Color Purple, the movie. She's been on A Warm December, which was a film and she's also been featured on Soul Train and 
not only does she sing amazingly in Swahili, and if you're wondering why have you never heard this music, who is this woman and what does her music sound like? One of the staples of um, Mamaleta Mbulu's music is an incredible song about love and music and what it stirs in the soul, as Quincy Jones said. Womanla on cliffcentral.com This is our world-class musical heritage as South Africans and as South African women. An awesome woman that represents South Africa, represents everything about being a hardworking mother, being a woman, being a a career person and being a professional. And earlier this year, the International Women's Forum, which is an international forum, it's a global organization that's in the in five continents and on, represents 26 nations. Earlier this year in May, um, they actually honored uh, Mamaleta Mbulu along with um, one, only one other African. And she was the first woman president of Malawi. And the two of them, for the first time, the International Women's Forum gave an award, a Lifetime Achievement Award to African women. And those were the two women that they chose. And, and this is across every cultural, professional, and sporting, every kind of place where women dominate and where women pres- where women's presence is. And these two women, Mamaleta Mbulu and um, Joyce Banda, were the two women, that African women, that the International Women's Forum chose to um, honor with life life. Time Achievement Awards. And even though she's a jazz musician, even though she is an incredible, incredible vocalist, and even though she left the country because she went to be in a play, she became a symbol of all the 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 stuff that was happening in this country. But the amazing thing for me was that as they were abroad, as they were away from home, um, and and a, a whole variety of them, including her husband Kaifa Semenya, including jazz legend um, Hugh Masigela, including Mama Africa Miriam Makeba, as they were all abroad, they did not say, "Woe is me, I can't go home." They upheld what they believed Africa and South Africa in particular was capable of. They were the shining beacon that even though there was all of the strife back home, out in the world, they sold the story of South Africa. They made people all over the world, in America, in in the UK, in the rest of Africa, know and understand that the life there is in South Africa, that the that people shouldn't give up on South Africa because we've got a, a an evil and corrupt regime like apartheid was. Even though that is the way that people were living, they were social commentators and they were selling the story of who we are and this the pride of the people of South Africa and the the gloriousness of the people in South Africa. Imagine then coming home for the first time since 1965, when she first came back from exile in 1992, I think it was, to see how the world had changed back home, to see how the world had stayed the same for a very long time. She was inspired, and the song was produced by her husband. She was inspired to write the song that 
introduced her, I think, to a whole new generation of South Africans because when they left, we didn't get to hear. We were born only, I was only born in the 70s. There are people that were born in the 80s. And for the first time, she had this huge hit back home in South Africa singing in Isiklosa, her mother tongue, and which introduced her and opened her up to a whole new generation of of listeners to a whole new I was uh, having looking out the window here looking at at CN Katlejo out the window as they were jamming and going is that Latambulu is that Latambulu and this coming back home and seeing all the strife seeing all that had changed and hadn't changed in South Africa she was inspired to write this song which um became a huge hit on local stations. A dual language uh, name. For, so the song is called Amakamandela, which is a Kosa word for chains. And the second part, which is also the refrain, is not yet Uhuru, a Swahili um, term that says we're not yet free. And the, the song talks about all the strife all, that when she came home, she saw with all the shanty towns that had cropped up, with all the the economical strife. And and I think when, when she um, wrote the song, and I had an interview with her years ago where she was talking about how We'd received this uh, political freedom. Yes, we were free and we can vote, but there was still so much more of the struggle that South Africans now as a joined nation, as a together nation, had ahead of them. And the struggle that we had ahead of us was a struggle for a social and economic emancipation to make sure that we don't have poor people, that we don't have people begging on the roads, that we don't, that, that even that we can free people from, we can free people from from the humiliation of poverty, of poverty and the strife that comes with poverty and the nobility of the song i think is what resonated with a lot of young south africans when she first came out and that was for me the first time that that i heard even though we've heard kaifas and letta singing together and it's an amazing love story and everybody used to talk about them and they've always been these stars on lps suddenly she's on music videos she's on our tv screens and this icon of the jazz life of the cultural life of of us as black south africans was now in high definition as high definition as it could be back in the 90s um you're listening to mumandla it's 12:30 and as as my luck would have it, Mama Leta's running late. She's now stuck behind a truck somewhere around the corner from us, and I'm hoping that she'll get here soon. But let's first take a break. Keeping it real on cliffcentral.com. Choice. Sometimes you have it, and sometimes you don't. AutoTrader gives you the choice. Now you can shop compare and buy new cars watch our expert video reviews and research before you buy auto trader new car the choice is yours buying time is um what i'm busy doing and i'm pumi mashiko you're listening to yay <laughs> mama let us just talk to you to the studio so excited <laughs> She's made it and we're getting her a cup of coffee and cold water. Hey, cold water, mama. Are we getting you cold water? 
no, 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 no. It, um, Hello. Yes, <laughs> you're on A. It sometimes happens, but I suppose this is one of the things. And I've got a, a, a little notice to tell you about because this happens to mothers sometimes. Yes. We're so Multitasking. <laughs> You know, <laughs> multitasking yeah. and doing so many yes. things. Here's something that can help you if you're help if you are a multitasking mother. Tutors at your service. Here's some good news for parents, especially working moms who know how hard it is to juggle kids' homework, extra lessons needs, and their own busy schedule. Tutors at your service. Tutors at your service is run by Teresa and Amanda, who are both educators and mothers themselves, and specialize in all school subjects from grade note to matric, including homework supervision. The best part of this whole note is for me, homework supervision. Parents, you do not have to drive anywhere as these tutors travel to your home. Tutors at your service have received excellent results over the past 10 years that they've been around and come highly recommended. If this sounds like something that you need in your life, contact Teresa and Amanda on 082-217-2077. That's 082-217-2077. Or go to tutors. At your service. Co.za. They will not only understand your child's needs, but your needs as well. Mama, I'm so happy you're here. Well, I am here. I'm here too. I was worried. Are we getting you some coffee worried. and water? Okay. Do you want something water, to drink? Just water. water just water will be fine. Yeah. I'm so excited. But we've had the opportunity to let people listen in on some of your amazing music and oh, and you. have given all the because I'm a big 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 fan. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thank you very much, Lema. I appreciate it. In fact, I'm such a big fan. Um, I, at the office a couple of weeks ago, when I was like excited about Heritage Month mm-hmm. and all the various because yes. all the various facets of the culture of South Africa. And I said to this guy that I work with, I'm going to have, I'm going to try and get Mama Leta Mbulu onto that because, <laughs> and I'm going to play all these songs and I'm going to be, and I'm also wonderful. <laughs> and, um, and, and he played me something which I'd never heard before. Mm-hmm. So I thought I was going to share that with you. Okay. Oh, 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 oh. River 
plays this. He plays me an interview from Soul Train, mm-hmm. 1977. Oh my God. <laughs> Where do you get all this stuff? <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> Uh, it's called research, Mama. Yeah, it's true, called research, true, true. and and it's the, you know, I mean, I, and he played the song to me, and so amazing, so haunting, and I'd, I'd never heard it, and I'd never seen it, and he got up and he said, "Pumi umane." That's true. <laughs> That's very true, very true. Oh yeah, I remember that project. It was one of the best projects that I ever was involved with. It was very emotional. And uh, it was a very big product, a project. It was done by Alice Haley, uh, Alex Haley. She, he wrote the book. And Quincy was asked to write the music. And I was not even in the country at the time. I was, uh, you know, I was not in the, in the States. I was in Senegal, uh, um, reading to do a television program there. And I got a call from my husband and he said, you know, Quincy is embarking on a very large project called Roots. And he had you do a song on when you're uh, promoting your, your album with A&M. And he wants you to do, he wants you to do that song on television for his, for this whole production that they're doing, which was 13 episodes. And I was like, what? Really? He said, yeah, he wants you to come and uh, they need to change. Because the, the song actually is in Nigerian, it's in Yoruba. Yoruba. And he said that he, they, they are sitting down right now writing the English words to suit the story of Roots. I was flawed, completely flawed. And when I went back after my project done in, in Senegal, I went back to, uh, to the States and I went into the studio and we sat down and he told me what he wants me to do, showed me the words. And I tell you, it was an emotional thing for me from the beginning to the end because the story was so powerful. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, the, the, the resonance, I suppose, for you. Being away from home, yeah, and having had you having never had even the chance to say goodbye because the yes, the, because exactly. your passport yes, were just yes, I was I was out, you know. Um, uh, it yeah, it, it it really brings so many memories. I met friends that I never thought I would meet. You know, I made friends with very important artists. I love the way you say Quincy. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause some of us are like Quincy Jones. <laughs> we have to qualify it. So it's not just oh, yeah, Quincy Wangali. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was Quincy Jones, of course. Um, I mean, if, if you know the, the project, you know, and roots, you know that he was the one behind the music. Um, so it was, it was really a fantastic time and to work with him for me was another plus. He is one of the most patient producers I've ever met. And I, I've worked with my husband. Well, but well. you know, but my husband is like, yeah, yeah, do it or don't, you know, forget it. With him, he made me do over 32 takes of the song, you know, and when I listened to the finished product, I was like, I don't believe this is me singing. 
I I'm telling you, I couldn't believe it. Well, when, so, okay, let me ask about the husband. <laughs> because I think it, when, when I was little, mm-hmm. growing up in Soweto, mm-hmm. the, the, the music of Kaifa Senleta was, was the soundtrack right. of our lives. Right. right. And little as I was, I had a huge crush on your husband. <laughs> Like many other people. <laughs> this is my thing I know, right? <laughs> right. And to know that this man writes this music for you. Not necessarily. Oh, yeah? Not necessarily. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. What does that? No. But, but, I mean, he's producing for you. He's writing for you well, to sing it. you know, he writes the music, but not particularly for me i i choose what i like from what he writes right. you see and i okay that one i like that one and then we sit down together and we put the words together because sometimes you know it so sometimes <laughs> the story doesn't come out right <laughs> So I have to come in and say, okay, this word, I think this is what we should, maybe should be in Iskosa or Isizulu because I understand. And if it's in Susutu, I ask him, if I have a melody that I like, I'll say, write it in Susutu. And I know that he will do a good job because that's his language. But uh, he writes for everybody. You know, he writes a lot of songs for a lot of people. I just choose the ones I like. <laughs> so I heard that you met on a train. Yo, I didn't know that story has traveled. <laughs> okay. 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 Tell the story so that I don't have to. Please tell no, the story. No, but you know the story. Why <laughs> should you talk about it? Tell the story. Because no, it's a well, wonderful story. Well, yeah. Well, well, I told it because it's the truth, you know. I was doing King Kong and he was involved in King Kong at the time. And we were in the train and, you know, and it was not the first time we meet we had met before because he was used to be a friend of my brother the brother that i come after and i used to see him but didn't ring a bell he was just you another person you didn't think love of my no life. no he was just another friend of my <laughs> brother's you know and um then eventually when we did the show i used to watch him of course perform with a group called the cats and jama kids i had my own group and my boys were cute too <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I, it really didn't matter. And then eventually when we got involved in King Kong, of course, uh, then I began to really look at him. It's not bad, you know, not bad. Uh, but this particular day we were on the train going to Durban for King, you know, to play, you know, King Kong to do the show. And Cause you uh, traveled for two years on that show. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we did it for two years, what, 1959 and, and 1958 and 59. So, um, and then of course in 61 we went to London and, and he was involved as well. But the train story is that he was in one of the coaches, you know, eating this huge green apple. And I was, I peeped and I saw him there and he said, uh, would you like a piece? I said, <laughs> I'm not sure. I looked at him and, and I said, throw it. Actually, my, my, my idea was maybe he was going to drop it and then I would not have to deal with it. <laughs> but I, I was able to catch it and I caught it. Of course, it looked so good and I beat on it. 
And that was the beginning of a lot of good things. <laughs> <laughs> things we became good that friends. Apple. <laughs> yes. Yes. Sounds like an Adam and Eve story. Eve has a story about an apple too. <laughs> <laughs> no. But that's really what happened. And uh, we've been friends since. Yeah. And I've, so I have a confession. Besides the fact that I had this huge crush mm-hmm. at 10 years old, <laughs> which, which, I, which I had all my life. Right. Um, is, so I know one of your sons. Yes. Yes. And he, I didn't know who he was. I just met this guy and we got, became friends and mm-hmm. we came to your house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so now we're here, say our papa and all, you know, and, and we're and looking at these pictures. I'm thinking, how? What is mm-hmm. going on here? Mm-hmm. And I think you walked out from the studio. Yes. And I, and I had a moment of disassociation <laughs> you know, where yes. my head was like, I think this is happening to me, but it's okay. I don't know. And, and what astounded me when I then finally figured it out, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, mm-hmm. is how you managed to raise... Him, because he's the only one I know. I've got two, actually. With a, with an, with an incredible sense of his Africanness. Hmm. Mm. And even knows how to speak the language. It's about the speaking the language problem for me. So far away from home. Because oh, he yeah. wasn't even born here. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, um, it was a conscious effort on both our, my husband and myself. Um, you know, we realize that this child is not going to grow up in America. He's not going to be here forever because that's how we were thinking. Even then? Yes. All those that years. That we were coming back home. I, I thought about my country every day. Every day. I knew I was coming home. And I used to say to my husband, you know what? I know. I don't know when it's going to happen, but it definitely is going to happen. And we're going to leave this country. And I don't want my son to come home and not be able to talk to his grandmother and not understand what we are saying because that would be the greatest sin on us, on our part. And it was difficult, but it had to be done because, I mean, all his friends, his schooling, it was all about English, you know. But we made him understand one thing. This house that you live in now is a Semenya house. (laughs) Now understand that <laughs> when you come through that door, everything goes out your head. You speak and we will help you to remember. And that's exactly how we did it. And today I remember when we came back home and he was in one of the schools, I think it's in Kilani. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's Sacred Heart. Yes, yeah, Sacred Heart. Mm-hmm. And the kids there, you know, said some things about him, you know, behind his back. He thought they, they thought he, he wasn't speaking. You know, he couldn't hear, the, you know, what they were saying. And when he turned around and said, Everybody was shocked because they knew he was from the States, you know. And uh, it opened so many doors for him in as far as the young people of this country because they realized that he's one of us. He may have been in the States. And he came back to us. He said, you know, ma and dad, thank you. Because now I fit in. Mm. And that's why we did it. 
and uh, he's he's free now. I mean, um, I'm very happy. Grow down. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is yeah, and he's doing the same same thing to his children. Because I mean, he's here with his kids, and mm. uh, he's making sure that his kids speak the language. Because there's nothing wrong with your language, and language is you. It's about you. Mm-hmm. It's 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 your spirit. Mm. You know, and and all those years when you were away from home. Um, so my, my two favorite things is when, when I first realized mm-hmm. and when I saw that, and because I'd never seen that soul train interview right. is I always knew you guys were out there living, you know, living your lives, yeah. being proud Africans. Mm-hmm. Well, even if and, and in fact, what you became is cultural ambassadors Okay, for South Africa and and the world got to know more than just the politics of South Africa yeah. through you guys. Oh, yeah. And, and then when I saw you with, and so I knew, I mean, I'm sure braids and women, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Afro. Yeah. So on Soul Train. I thought that is, no, that is forward thinking. Namulai, <laughs> America. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. depth of America. Oh, yeah. And knowing what I know now about how cultures mm. get get yeah. assimilated. Yes, yes. Being all that time so far away, mm. what were the things that helped you stay connected to home? You <laughs> and everybody else. <laughs> Truly, you you became my our compass. We looked at you. We saw the struggles that you were going through. And the determination uh, in your faces, you know, when we saw those kids throw stones with uh, with uh, uh, garbage lids in their hands, that was a turning point in our lives. Because we knew that we've got a bigger job to do. As much as we think we have already done the work, but we have a bigger job to do. Because, you know, those kids are saying to us, this is the direction. So we looked upon you to give us the direction. And you did. You just don't realize it, but you did. Um, where, you know, being in, uh, in the United States, I had to come up with an identity that says I am who I am. You know, and, uh, and, and it helped me because my spirit would not allow me to look like anything else. I said, everybody is God's creation. And I am one of God's creation. And I don't think he made a mistake by making me the way I am. It's a joy to know that I am made in my God's image. So that to me was not only to respect myself, but to respect my creator. And my creator responded by saying, I will make sure that you take that information around. And you're going to make sure that you let these people know that you come from a very high culture. You are very civilized people. Your music alone will tell people that you have always been a civilized nation. And that's why I had to do that. Wow. Wow. That, yeah. So today, 
so earlier when you got the IMF award, I don't like lifetime achievement awards. <laughs> Possibly because I'm young. <laughs> But also, no, no, Zina Lentole Yoguti. You know, when, when, when someone confers on you a lifetime achievement yeah. award, in that finality, so, that's so good. Yeah. So, I, I, I was proud, 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 proud at that IMF thing, but a little bit like, amen, but there's still work to be done. Mm. And mm. earlier I played, um, Amaka Mandel, so not here to Huru. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because that was the first time that we got to see you here back yes, home. In South Africa. That we actually yes. got to see yeah. the woman behind the voice because all we had were records. The records, yeah. Um, and to see you in the music video and and that song, which even as I listen to it today, I I think is a is a little prophetic mm. because it it, mm. it just at a mm. time when everybody was so joyful mm. about. It's over. Of course. And we've got this freedom. Mm. Mm. You looked at the place and, and you looked at what was happening and, and felt that the journey is not over. Mm. Mm. So today, having been home away from home for a very long time and mm. a very short time mm-hmm. being back home mm-hmm. and seeing where we are mm. as people, mm-hmm. as, as Africans, mm-hmm. what do you think we're getting right? We um, often talk about what we're getting wrong. Let's talk about yeah, what we're getting well, right. Th- there's a lot that has been done now. You know, you can't deny that. There's a lot that has been done. Um, but, you know, the lot that has been done has been done on, on a, a very shaky ground. Um, and uh, and that's my fear, because if you have something that you think you have achieved, but it has no roots to it, then it doesn't take you too far. An earthquake can come anytime and break it. Now, that's my fear. I think what we should have done, and it can still be done, is go back to the drawing board and really tell the story for what it is. You cannot say I'm moving forward when you're leaving a lot of junk behind you. It doesn't work. The truth is what is going to set us all free. I'm not a Christian and I'm being very serious about that. But I read the Bible to understand. It does say, truth shall set you free. We need to start there. Tell what we went through. We can't gloss over things and say, okay, we're moving forward now. No, let's not gloss over things. Let's talk, tell the truth for what it is. So that you young people, when you take the button and run with it, you know exactly what you have in your hand. It's not artificial. It's not... uh, 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 Frivolous. Yes. It's real. And that's my problem. We talk about freedom. We don't understand it. We talk about democracy. We don't understand it. And if we talk about democracy in the Western sense, the majority rules. Mm. 
when you talk about affirmative action, we can't be affirmed by a minority. It doesn't work. I'll give you an example. If I come, you come to my house and you find three people eating their plates and they come in their 20. We can't share the food because that 20 is only three plates. But if you come to my house, I have 20 people, the plates, and 10 people come into the house. We can share the food. If you understand what I'm, where sure. I'm coming from. Yeah. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So a lot of things that we're trying to do and we're, we call them moving forward, they are not working because it's just not natural. It's not natural. So we need to go back to the drawing board so we can be able to move forward, especially for you guys, young people. So what do you talk about with your grandsons? Oh, my grand... They <laughs> <laughs> um, we talk about a lot of things. They're very clever and they ask a lot of questions. Aren't they just... These little kids are so clever. They're very clever. Yeah, very clever. But you know what? It's because... Um, we ourselves as parents and you, especially you young parents, you're imparting your smartness to them. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. I will take that. <laughs> yes, you're imparting that. Let's see. Uh, with us, it was a bit difficult because our parents were always constantly harassed. The mind was like made not to think properly. But with you, your minds are open. And that's a plus that I'm talking about, which is very positive. You know, um, but I hope that we can channel it in the right direction. Yo, I knew this was going to be like this. <laughs> Mind-blowing. <laughs> Being schooled here. Um, so here on Wumandla, mm-hmm. <laughs> more than anything, I think the, the, the untold stories of African women, mm-hmm. of, of the, the balancing career, children, and and you were a superstar. You were a global superstar. And now her husband is also <laughs> working busy. Busy. Yeah. And all these girls with their crushes mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And your children and you're away from home and you how did you before we say goodbye, just the how did you juggle it all? And when you look back now, I know sometimes in the moment you kind of feel like it's all falling apart. Mm. But when you look back now from where you stand I think it was, I think it was very difficult. You know, that, that's where I should, that should be my premise. It was very difficult. Uh, I was in a foreign land. I did not have an uncle or a grandmother or an aunt. So we had to raise our children by ourselves. We couldn't rely on the next door neighbor. No support. And if we didn't have sugar in the house, we couldn't go next door and go mission and say, please, can we have a cup of sugar? So it was very hard. So we made sure that we stay afloat. We work, you know, we work so these kids can have a better life. You know, we were very, very focused. Um, and, but I also think that uh, when you dedicate your life to your people, you 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 become blessed. You, you see, God always find a way to bless you and move you forward. 
Yeah, that's you dropping the mic right there. <laughs> that's you. That's the wisdom. Dropping the mic, walking away. Mama, thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you. Thank, thank you, you for, for indulging me <laughs> and making me so happy today. Thank you thank for coming and sharing the wisdom. Thank you very much. And, and, and I think more than anything, thank you. Thank you for being the beacon. So much as you say we were the beacon, I can tell you for free. That you were the beacons Thank you. shining back at us, the nobility that we were all the way from over there far away. And I'm going to say goodbye by playing. I think um, this is the, the ultimate. There's a lot of young people that were then. Thank you for playing this song. Oh, God. <laughs> I haven't heard it in a long time. Really? Because yeah, I don't like to listen to myself. Oh, well, one more, one more, <laughs> one more. That's you and your husband, and I'm going to say goodbye. Okay. I'm Pume Mashekho. Right. You've been listening to the, the wonderful wisdom of Mamale Tambulu and on Womanda. And uh, ooh, Duncan is now here harassing me, and I can see outside the window that the next show is here, Duncan. So we're definitely saying goodbye. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Pume Mashekho, and you've been listening to Womanda. Womanda on cliffcentral.com.